At AIA Australia, we're making healthy living easier by incentivising your clients with rewards, like discounts on their gym memberships, eligible flights and insurance premiums with AIA Vitality. It's no wonder that we've reduced client lapse rates by 50% and helped grow client engagement. To find out more, Welcome contact your AIA to CDM today. Live this week, we've got Hardy Aziz to talk about content marketing and uh, how you can get the most out of it in your advice business. Um, we might just, we're just waiting for everyone to pop online. Um, everyone's filtering through. Yeah, Mark's in. Good to see you, Shane. Great. Okay. With some new names coming up, I think, which is good. Good to see. Yeah, it's great. Welcome to everyone who, if it's the first time, um, like it's all about getting value out of the session. Um, if everyone can ask questions, that would be, uh, that's, that's always encouraged. Um, well, what, what we'll do, we'll, we'll kick off um, while everyone's still filtering in. Um, big thank you to AIA for, uh, for uh, sponsoring and helping us put on um, XY Live throughout the year. Um, it's, it's a great support and uh, we can do it without them. The, the member group, the Facebook group, we're over 340 people now in the Facebook group. It's, um, it's really taking off. It's fantastic. We get people coming in daily and uh, constantly hearing um, about the value people are getting out of it, which is, which is fantastic. And that's what it's all about. Um, the, the other thing we've just, uh, just launched in the last couple of days is uh, mastermind groups. So Australia-wide, we're going to um, be coordinating um, people in the local areas to catch up with each other and um, sort of take, obviously we're doing um, this sort of thing digitally and online. We've got um, our events. We had a great event last month in Sydney and we've got a couple uh, coming up around other locations in Australia. But I think a lot of people are craving to meet up uh, more regularly, um, face to face, because that's when um, you get a lot of um, you get a lot more um, in depth with things. So uh, yeah, we've already had strong support for that, and um, we're going to be collating um, the groups together over the next few weeks. Uh, so if you're interested, please please jump on. Um, we'll have the the link uh, popped up on the um, on the chat there uh, shortly. And uh, yeah, big welcome to to Hardy. Uh, Hardy, Hardy's a content marketing, digital marketing expert. He works with uh, financial services practices, um, accountants, advisors, and um, is, is really sort of, he's got a lot of tips and tricks to, for us to take back to our practices and, and implement. And uh, I, might, I might hand over to Hardy to sort of give you a bit of background on who he's worked with and what he's done. Um, welcome. Thank you. Hi, hi everyone. Thank you for joining today. Um, look, my name is Hardy. Obviously, I've uh, been working in this industry for about 15 years um, and I've been running a marketing agency uh, focused on digital. So my whole sort of core belief system is uh, digital and mobile first. And when it comes to your business, um, the way I see uh, online, um, your web and your website and your online presence is essentially your 24-7 salesperson. And my approach is always to try and make sure that that your salesperson is well equipped with the right tools and knowledge of your products and services so that it can cater for the needs of your audience in the market. So hopefully we'll cover some of that today in a bit more of a uh, discussion and we'll see what, what happens. So, so Hardy, with, um, I guess, with, to give, I guess we're going to have a range of people um, that have more understanding, less understanding. 
what's uh, what's so social media optimization? What sort of what is what's um, if we can give a bit of a baseline of what um, what you do in sort of layman's terms and and what you do with practices and and how that um, so people yeah. can understand that a bit more. The way, the way I look at social media is uh, essentially like the conversation around the barbecue. You're having a weekend, you're having a drink, and somebody you've just met walks over to you and says, oh, so what do you do, Adrian? And then you tell them, what do you do? And then they start asking you questions. And you have a certain number of common questions that you get asked on a regular basis, and we all know what those questions are when it comes to our businesses. And you immediately have an answer for it. You have a suggestion or an advice or um, a story to share. So the way I see social media is just a platform to share that concept or that idea with a wider audience is taking note of what's happening offline and then taking it online. Essentially, that's what it's all about. The fundamentally, um, that's what social media is about. It's taking your regular everyday conversations, taking it to the masses, making it more efficient. Okay. And it's all about um, saving time. Essentially, your website, your content, whatever you produce is about saving time so you don't have to repeat yourself all the time. Okay. And what are, what are the different formats, um, I guess, you work with and what, and what, what, what do you suggest advisors working with? What have you found is most useful? So, obviously, there's different ways of communicating through there and different um, media formats. Yeah. So, when it comes to media format, um, I give this example of why are we having this meeting over a video? If we can have it in person, we tend to we like to have the most amount of communication, most amount of points to communicate when it's in person. And if you cannot do it in person, we try and um, sort of simulate that environment by doing a webinar or a video conferencing or video chat. Okay, so the next level after that is voice, which we use by podcast or phone calls uh, to communicate a message. And if we can't do that, we do messaging like via text or SMS or emails. But the amount of effort required to do the first is the highest amount of effort. And then messaging is the easiest, but the amount of value sometimes you communicate through messaging, uh, through SMS or through email, through text, is the lowest form of intent communicated. So uh, my push is always to get to the masses, try and push video, okay? Because video can communicate far better than text. So it gives you a picture, it gives you uh, visual um, aspects of the person's intent and tone of voice and uh, body language. All of that gets communicated um, in a video much better than it would if you were trying to do audio or if you tried to write a piece of text describing what the person should do. So my, that's why I always am a big fan of communicating a message uh, through video. Yeah, great. Well, actually, um, I did my first post-meeting video last week and um, it took a while with tech issues and I, I ended up sending it by a text message um, <laughs> with the link to the YouTube video. Um, I didn't get a reply, so we'll have to see. <laughs> I'm not sure if the video it was the issue. <laughs> what went on there? But um, yeah, it's pretty cool. The I guess like obviously these are the formats that um, people can use to to communicate, but how, how do they, how do you find, what's the best way that you've seen advisors and like professional services people identify what they should be communicating and, and what's a good way to go about that? Sure. Um, always research, research your content, but the biggest problem is how do you do research? Okay. So to do research, there are a lot of different tools available. So this is where, this is the point where you would want to get a pen and paper and write it down. Uh, some of the tools that I use when I want to research is um, look at your, your website. If you have Google Analytics installed, have a look at your analytics report to see what keywords people are using to find your content and how much time they're spending to consume that content. 
or like it could be a topic about uh, investment or it could be about property or it could be about superannuation. Understand what are the areas that people spend most time on your website. And then have a look at your website. Do you have enough information and uh, answering those questions that people ask? Okay, sort of um, looking at auditing your site essentially. The next part you have to look at is, well, this is what I currently have, but what are the people out there searching more that I personally don't have but my business actually offers? So that's where you look at um, two or three other tools I'm going to mention. One of them is called Google Trends, a particular keyword or phrase whether it's trending well or not in the market. The other one is called um, Google, it's a Google tool as well called AdWord Keyword Planner. So you use the Keyword Planner to put in a bunch of keywords or phrases that are relevant to your services that you offer and Google throws out thousands of other variations or relevant or, um, keywords with the amount of volume of search. So you take those phrases from the keyword planner, how much it's been searched and how relevant is it to your business when you look at it and then you punch that into Google and you try and see how many websites they have in the title and I'll give you guys a format of how to search that um, later on as well. Um, basically, I'll share a slide with all that information there as well. Um, how to search for it, what numbers are you looking for, and actually doing some stats against the number of search versus the number of people talking about it on their website. So it's essentially identifying the supply and demand of content. Once you've identified that and that's relevant to your business, that's where you start writing and producing your content around that you're then targeting the need of what the market's looking for. You're not just writing it because you feel like or you think or you should. You're actually answering what people are looking for. Okay, so they're the Google tools. And another really interesting tool that you could use kind of does all of that for you. It's called, I believe it's called answerthepublic or answerthecrowd.org or .com. I'll put that link in the presentation as well. All you do then is you put in a keyword, you select the country you're in, and then Stars gives you all these common questions that people ask. It doesn't give you any statistics, but it's a great way of generating some ideas and expressions for uh, producing content. So very quickly, you can establish um, you know, a series of blogs and understand why you're writing them and how you're going to write them and what the purpose is. Um, so they're the tools that I would recommend using there. So that's a good starting point. Awesome. Yeah. Just got a question. I, I've tried to use the Google AdWord keyword planner before, and it's like it's like a labyrinth. I don't even know how to get there. You've got to get out of the AdWord accounts. Like, yep. do you have a simple way of going? This is how you get there, and this is what to do. Because I could, I, yeah, confusing. Okay, with the AdWord, um, when you sign up, unfortunate thing is Google asks you to sign up with a credit card. They don't charge your card. You have to have a valid credit card on your account. And the reason why they do that is so then they can, they can actually tell you, hey, by the way, do you want to run an AdWord campaign? And your account's already set up because that tool is part of the process of creating an ad, okay? I can put together a sort of a, a video demonstration of how to use it and how to get ideas and stuff um, and I'll embed it into the, uh, into the deck, into the actual presentation. I'll share it with everyone as well. Um, basically, where to go and how to use it. Just a few simple instructions. It's not very complicated once you know what to look for. And I'll, I'll clarify that in the documentation and I'll share it with everyone as well. That'd be good because I'm not a very clever guy, so I need, I need really simple ways of doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I picked up on something. Um, like you're talking about people that had a website, existing yep. data, and had Google Analytics in there and yep. could check what was going on. Yep. How about someone who is just starting out or they just don't have any tracking on their website? What, sure. How can they go about figuring out what they should, 
Like okay. what, what sort of suggestions do you have around getting them? Even sure. if it's just towards a niche or if they know what their niche is, um, yeah, what are your yeah. suggestions around that? Um, if you're just starting out and you're not sure um, what are some of the uh, some of the key components that you have to have on your site, um, there are a number of ways that there are third-party tools that actually will scan your existing site if you have one. But if you don't have a website, talk to a developer and say, guys, this is I'm launching this new thing. I need to be able to understand how my website's used, where they come from, like. What you need to identify is what is the purpose of my website? Okay, what are the key objectives I'm trying to achieve for my website? If you're only looking to have a website as a brochure and where people just find your contact details, maybe it's not the right strategy. We need to look at, well, the way I look at the websites I mentioned before, it's a, it needs to be a, like a, a sales or a service tool, if not both. Okay, it needs to provide a service to your customers. And what are the services you would like to automate to go on there? Define what ideally what you want to be automated to be done by your uh, customers who visit your website. Okay, and you don't have to have everything on there straight away. Just define some key basic goals. See if you can include that. Talk to your web developer and say, look, ideally I like to be able to publish content here or publish white papers or publish videos or have downloadables or have tracking set up on there. You know, just have a look at what information you need in order to understand how your business is going. It is no different to doing finance. It's no different to see, you look at your expenses, you look at your, you know, money coming in, money going out, there's my profit. It's the same thing with your website. How much time are you investing? What would you like to see coming back to you? And then breaking that down into small uh, bits of functional functionality on your site. Okay, so that's how you could do it. And there are some tools online as well. If you have an existing site, it will go through. It says your images are too big, your headers are too long, your description is too short, you know, tells you what you're missing, what you're not. And one of those tools I use um, is called WooRank, W-O-O-R-A-N-K.com, WooRank. Uh, so WooRank gives you a quick checklist. There's a lot of other more advanced tools than that as well. Um, that will give you a good indication. You can literally take that report to your developer say, look, from a functionality perspective, here's what we're missing. I would like this to be fixed. Most of the stuff on there are not too complicated. It only becomes complicated once you start optimizing it for SEO, and that's a sort of a long-term thing, which is a completely different discussion. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So, I hope I haven't lost you. <laughs> no, it's, it's good. I saw Phil writing down a couple of things. So that's always a good sign. Um, so, so you've, you've picked sort of the areas and what you want to do content on. How do you, how would you suggest um, working out what's the highest priority? Obviously you said, like, so you've got no data yet. Um, mm -hmm. If someone's just going, sure. I want to focus on people around cash flow sure. management, what sure. would be your tips around sort of nutting out what to, okay. what to do? If, if you don't have anything and you're looking at starting up and you have no understanding, that's where I would really go make use of um, what they call Google Trends. Um, AdWord Keyword Planner, you know, looking at whenever I'm typing into Google a particular phrase, Google gives you suggestions. And if you click a search, if you scroll right down the bottom, it gives a whole block of other sort of relevant searches. I'll look at all those. Then I'll put that through the Keyword Planner to understand the volume of search and then put it through the title search, URL search, and a few other areas just to understand what people are looking for. And once I have an understanding of what people are looking for, then I look at, well, is this what I really want to focus on? Is this the niche that I want to build a business around? If it is, then yeah, at least you have an idea of the level of competition and the level of content out there or not. Okay? So you start with the numbers. You start with the stats. You just gather all of that, put it into an Excel sheet, and then you work your way through that. So when it comes to priorities, I look at, what are the services that I'm offering 
that provides the most amount of value to the customer and to me as a business, do I have a website that talks about that or not? If I don't, then that's what I'm going to start building it. Okay? So it's just literally answering what people are looking for. Google, Google indexes every single thing you search, and all of those history is made available uh, publicly for us to be able to get in and understand what people are looking for and mm-hmm. query it and organize it in the way we want. So, Hardy, my question is, if, if we've got people who are just starting out, what would you suggest? We, we don't have unlimited time. We'd all love to be yeah. able to do everything. Um, but would you suggest... Uh, building a really good website or building up a good uh, social media presence or like Facebook page? Which one's more important? Look, depending on the level of engagement, okay? So like I know businesses who are purely making a lot of sales on social media because the audience is already there. So social media is it has to be the core component of everything you do. But the risk with social media long-term is if the platform changes policies or rules or anything like that, you may end up with some restrictions. So you always need a place where you can drive that traffic back to it and you can remarket to them or you can actually convert them or you can do put them into some of your programs. So if you're starting out, um, easiest thing to do to capture some audience is have your Facebook page or Facebook group. Okay, you start from there because that's, you don't need to do any development. It's literally just registration takes five minutes to do. And then you can start producing some content. And part of that content production, you could also ask questions. You could also give them links to my, uh, SurveyMonkey and say, hey guys, I've got these 10 questions. Can you guys help me out to help you gather the data to build your website for the audience that you're building? Okay, mm-hmm. so it's quick, easy. Um, use it as a platform to communicate with an audience. And then once you've done that, um, you drive all that traffic back to your website. So your website, it becomes the uh, single source of truth that holds all your information long-term. Okay. But I highly recommend starting out with your Facebook group or Facebook page and communicating where you're at and what stage of your business you're at. And it's a great platform because everybody's on there. Like at least I think about one hour, 45 minutes a day is the average user um, on Facebook at the moment. And it's very high. Yeah, and, and also just from, from XY Advisor, we talked about building a, a website where we can have a member login um, and then we decided to scrap that idea and just go to Facebook group and that um, has proven to be really successful for XY Advisor because it's just such a low barrier to entry. Um, people are on Facebook, they get notifications through Facebook and as you said, you know, they're on there for an hour and 40 minutes. Even, even us hardworking advisors are. <laughs> well the whole idea is like the, that's why social media becomes successful is because that's where the crowd is so you as a business you need to be willing uh, to change so if Facebook tomorrow wakes up and says oh we've got no visitors but a new platform pops up and that's where everybody goes you need to move with that you need to sort of um, build your business so that's flexible enough to change we need to be able to uh, follow where the market goes and where the trend is heading if you, if you can't do that, then you'll be faced with some challenges and they're not going to be fun challenges. They're going to be very difficult. So my advice is build your audience, build that branding, build that connection with them. Like one of the things I had done before on our website, I actually embedded Facebook Messenger on our side. So anyone who comes to our side wanted to have a conversation with us, we would actually get a notification on our phone on Facebook Messenger saying, hey, there's somebody on your website talking to you instead of using live chat. So why use a different application? Just use what they're already on. You know, so stuff like that really helps. Okay, Hardy, you've just blown my mind. How do we do that? <laughs> With a Facebook Messenger? 
Messenger up to your website? <laughs> Facebook Messenger actually has a particular uh, custom URL that you can get for your account. And you can embed that as a link, which will open up a whole new tab or a window on your site. And you can use that for people to message you. And if you're offline, if you're not available to chat, it actually tells them when you'll get back to them. You can have a preset message or a next, next action. And I'll, I'll include that in the, I'll include in the presentation. So that will really help. That will really help. That, that is, that's blowing my mind. So on a contact page, instead of having like a send us an email and put in your phone number and details, you no, can just stuff that. All I'm saying is instead of a contact email, just say message us on Facebook. You click on that, it just launches the messenger. Oh, that's amazing, Hardy. Teach yeah. me how to do that. I will. Um, right, you, you, you said before earlier that, um, you know, you'd, you'd prefer face-to-face -face meetings the best, obviously, and then written content's kind of the least impact. Um, as advisors, you know, it's hard to do videos. It's hard for us to constantly do that stuff. What, what do you say? Let's say we've got the content. We've got, we understand what we wanted to do. We've gone keyword searching on Google. We've really yep. nailed the message we want to give out. Yep. How do we practically go about thinking about um, blogging or, or doing videos? Sure. Um, so the way, one of the key things that I do with content is um, I'm a big believer in repurposing your content. So if I'm starting with a piece of content that's essentially just a blog, okay, and I just want to have that blog out there, that blog might be a part of five-part series that talks about finance or that talks about uh, superannuation or insurance, whatever the case may be. Okay, then I take that and then I look at the three or four key messages in there. Those three or four key messages um, essentially, they become your social media posts. They can become your Facebook post, your Instagram, your Pinterest, your Twitter, your LinkedIn. You can share it out. But then what you could do with those, you can take those key messages and just put it into um, like a slideshow presentation similar to uh, PowerPoint or Google, um, or Google Sheets. Uh, you know, you can put a presentation there and export that as a video. And you can actually create a video with a nice music overlay just to make it quicker if you don't have the time to, be, to do that. But you can build a process around that that you can give it to your EA or a staff member or somebody else. Guys, here's the blog. Here are the key messages. Can you put together a quick little video with some music, with some intro slide and exit slide and just the key messages, you know, and then a call to action to take them to the, to the next uh, to the page. If you don't have the time to sit there and record everything and do it, that's one way of uh, coming across. Another way to do it quickly is your videos don't have to be, um, you know, studio quality. It can be a bit raw. It can be even like, you know, approachable, personable, that you're the person there and they're talking to you. So these little things here, you've got everything in there that you need. Like I can shoot a video and I've done it on my phone. I edit it on here and sent it out. And this could easily be just like, hey, guys, I've got this amazing, interesting idea of what's going on and just do a quick video and just send it out on your phone straight away. Okay. So don't, when you're thinking video, don't think I have to be in a studio. You know, just start, just start, just starting doing video, you start learning so much and you start learning all the shortcuts and all the tools that you can get. But if you just look at it as a big giant piece of work that is scary, you will never get it off the ground. It will never go out there. Okay. So simplify it, focus on the key message, do a short video, 30 second video. And we did that with Adrian. Adrian, how many views did you have on the blog that you were writing? I said, let's walk into the room and do a video. It was 36 seconds long. And we had like three and a half, four thousand views on that video within about two weeks or something, you know. Yeah, oh, within a week, pretty much. Um, yeah. yeah, it's pretty videos engaging. Um, like it's. Um, I think on that, I think the most important. I'm just holding up like a a mic that um that we bought.
support and it just actually attaches to your phone. And this is like a directional mic. It, the quality was amazing. It was $70. Um, you, there's also the ones you can just pop on your, on your collar. Um, I think that's, Phil, what do, you, what do you use with your I've videos? got the one on the collar. I've got the lavalier mic front. Yeah. And I have one of the shotguns as well. Yeah, it's all right. Here we go. I use that one as well. There we go. All right. Yep, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So the yeah, thing so is with the video. Audio, video, and like um, the, the audio is more important because the video, the video is so easy. That the quality of phones these days just means that it's it's fine. It's, no, it's your lighting is a, is the problem. Like, but the thing is with video, you, what you need to consider is good quality lighting. Fifty percent. Yeah, of any video is audio and then and picture. It's 50-50. It's not just a good camera. It's also a good sound. But it's not just a good sound, but it's also a good picture. Okay, you, you want people to be able to see you and recognize you and hear you properly. And the phones have that built into it. You just need a good microphone or a room that there's no air conditioning. The reason why I'm running this is because there's air conditioning up of my, my head. It's quite loud. And if I use the mics on here, then you probably hear the aircon. So I'm using these ones. <laughs> so it's about having that balance of video and audio. But just practice. Just just do it. Look at it. If you're not happy, do it again. Okay. And you know you could do it after work. You could do it in the, you know at home or whatever. So yeah. Yeah. So I mean, people who are watching, feel free to ask as many questions as possible. I'm going to hijack this um, and just do like a one-on-one -on -one <laughs> session with me and Hardy. If you are not asking questions, so um, I'm. My, my question, Hardy, is, is paid advertising on social media. So you said Paddy got 3,500 views on his video. I do mm -hmm. a video once a week, and I, f I find on Facebook it's hard to get reach on your Facebook page um, mm -hmm. because I feel like uh, Facebook's geared it, so you need to just throw money behind it to sponsor content. Uh, what do, you, do you suggest that you should always be putting some like, small amount of money behind every bit of content you do or uh, once a month? What do, you, what do you suggest in terms of paid yeah, well, I see where you're going with that one. <laughs> in terms of in terms of in terms of uh, ads with regards to Facebook, um, there are two ways that you can do it normally. One is obviously sponsored ads. You just push the content up, and uh, the way I would ever suggest doing that is if your content has had some level of social engagement, that's how you do it. Okay, you push that content up, not something that hasn't had any engagement. As yet. You're just burning your money then. That's just one tip there. The second one is if you're actually creating video and you're uploading it to YouTube and then sharing it on Facebook, don't do that because Facebook and YouTube are competitors. So Facebook, um, Facebook ranks your videos higher when it's uploaded directly into Facebook instead of shared through YouTube or Vimeo. So... If, you, if your content is written and posted on, on Facebook, it's for Facebook, that will give you more reach. And their algorithm, algorithm is in place to push the, rank, push the ranking higher. Now, you mentioned that they, they, they are, they're set up so that they can actually charge more, they, they cost you more. Well, the way you should think about paid advertising, one of the things I look at as a concept called social selling. Social selling is all about um, running a workshop, understanding your audience, understanding your business, understanding all the stuff we've discussed, your key messages, products, offering, everything else, and then taking, building avatars or buyer personas and mapping it in Facebook and identifying, creating a, uh, your, your groups and identifying who fits into what category for what product or service, and then you can create ads that targets those guys directly. But then when you target them, you might want to be sending them to your landing page to your sales funnel 
okay? And your sales funnel can't be just a generic one. It has to be built for that specific audience. If it's predominantly male or female between the age of 25 to 30, then you need to make sure that you design your messaging, everything flows right across the minute they see the ad to the minute they uh, potentially sign up or um, buy from you or something. All that journey needs to be consistent and tell the story for the right audience. Okay, so if you're just pushing content out without um, understanding of who the audience are, you will you will not you'll get views, but if you don't get engagement, Facebook's going to rank it down and its costs going to go up because so your competitor might be doing it. Hey, uh, they're paying less, but it's more engaging. It's for the right people, and that means more interest. The more interest you see, the the lower the cost is going to be. Their benefit. And it's the same thing with Google. Their, their benefit is for you to get results. And for you to get results, you will invest more long-term. They all have a long-term planning. It's not just around, I need to get as much money as I can from you, and whether you get a sale on it is up to you. That's, that's just a model designed to fail. It's not going to work for them. Okay? Their objective is help you get the sales, get the conversion. But if your content is not in line with your audience and there's no um, organic engagement, the cost is going to be higher. So it requires a little bit of planning there. Mm. Yeah, I mean, f for me, it's I find that with Facebook, I don't know if if Adrian, you you feel the same. I mean, you're a lot better looking guy than me. So, um, but with Facebook, I feel like very few people who kind of like the page actually see the content um, organically. Uh, there's like you know very few. Um, and I feel like oh, when I share it through my personal profile, um, it gets a, it gets a lot more engagement um, through friends and family. Even though those friends and family yeah. do also like the the Facebook page as well. Yeah, yeah sympathy likes. That's what I call it. <laughs> Definitely sympathy likes. It could be. It could I'm, also I like be. Most my videos. <laughs> but it could also be like a person. Your personal branding might be stronger than your uh, your business brand. You know, so if you if everybody's known you for yourself or me or forever, it's just they just follow your personal brand, okay? And um, that could be more engaging. Maybe maybe you just sort of look at how you positioning the two separate brands and trying to communicate it clearly that this is the brand. Like the question is this, okay? Like where Facebook is heading um, in the next four or five years, I think they've already taken over um, Google by far. They're ahead of Google in regards to usage. Where Facebook is heading is family and friends and people on Facebook making recommendations about products and services and other people's experience. We share experiences with Facebook, okay? But that's what the whole purpose is, share an experience. But all our experience is surrounded by products and services by different vendors. So the idea is to make that experience positive so we attract more people that will share that story out. And the way, the way we sort of wire it, we always look at human emotion first. We look at the, we look at, it's a funny, is it shocking? Is it sarcastic? Is it aggressive? What's the tone? How are we pushing it? Is it informative? You know, if it, if your content has some strong element of representing an emotion, then it is more likely to be more engaging. So when you're writing your content, you want to look at, uh, you know, um, things to look out for, fears, pitfalls, um, you know, all the problems that you could potentially see in your industry. Talk about that or ideas that challenges the status quo. People like a bit of controversy. People like a bit of horror and a bit of shock. Okay, in your content, don't don't have a monotone. Have surprise and have something interesting in there. You know, it's like olden days, sort of. You know, journalists being told you need to write a catchy sort of a title for your article, otherwise it won't. The papers won't sell. It's the same thing with social media. 
mm. you know, make it make it interesting. Mm. Well, I might. Um, so we do have a question in there, and I'd encourage everyone else to throw a couple more in there. Shane Hayes has asked a, a good question. A lot of um, quite a few practices have, have done this, and it's sort of. I think he's referring to the intro video of um, that you may give to clients before they come see you, um, potentially, and and it can also uh, I'm presuming also um, to have it on the website as well. So what are your um, what are your suggestions around that initial engagement piece and communicating um, the value you can add to clients and what can be done? Like um, I guess Shane's Shane's talked about the time um, of it. If, is it a couple of um, videos? Is it um, yeah, and are you telling a story, that sort of thing? Yeah, I'm just reading through this question. He says, if, you, if you're going to use a video to communicate what you do, okay, and why you? All right, so with, 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 the, with communication, uh, when it comes to video, um, especially if you're doing an intro video, always start with why. Like, why do you do what you do? What is the reason you do it? Uh, are you doing it because you're frustrated with your experiences with how others did it? Or are you doing it because of, um, you know, you believe that the industry needs to uh, move in a certain direction or, or are you doing it because you see a problem and you're trying to fix it that nobody else is aware of it, okay? Because when you, when you communicate with your belief system and that aligns you with your other customers, with, your, with the potential customers that are coming to you, they, like, for example, I could say um, the reason why I became an accountant is because I was not happy with how accounting was done it is a bit of a myth. It's a bit of a mystery. I didn't understand the logic behind it, and I wanted to clarify that for people. And I can see the frustration with a lot of people going, okay, like, you know, you get audited by the tax office, and the accountant goes, I'm sorry, um, you signed this paperwork. It's not on me. It's on you. Ultimately, it's about the, the customer understanding what's happening. And most times, like, what? I didn't know that's what I'm signing for. That's a horror story that we will see far too often. It happens all the time. So when it comes to your video, Communicate the core message of why you do what you do, okay? And how you're going to help people and perhaps what have you done for a few people and what is your process like? So start with your core belief. And I think that sort of communicate, that establishes a certain level of relationship between you and the clients. I hope I've answered that question. Yeah, and Shane also just asked, uh, how long should a video be? What, what's your suggestion around that? The, the quicker you can get to the message on the video, the better. And sort of my rule is try and stick to under 90 seconds. And if you absolutely have to, no more than two minutes for a video, okay? Uh, especially if it's an introduction video. You want to do a quick, short, snappy, get to the point. Like if, you're looking at a, if you're looking at your blog I mentioned before, there are three or four key points you try to make. Everything else is a fluff around it, okay? If you can make those three points... Um, in a 30-second or one-minute video, fantastic. You don't need to write a thousand-word article around it. So you, don't, you, just, you can just focus on it because think about it this way. When you're searching, when, you, when you're at home and you have a problem with your computer, when you have a problem with um, zero, when you have a problem, whatever it is, when you look for the answers, all you're looking for is the quick, short answer. You're not looking for the background. You're not looking for the history on what else and this, this, and that. You just want to fix that problem. Fix the problem. Mm. Great. Well, I, I'm just sitting here amazed that Amanda Pond hasn't asked the question, considering her um, her engagement involvement on the on the Facebook group. So, if you're listening, Amanda, I'm, I'm surprised that you don't have anything for us. Um, my, I'm I'm going to leave this. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe is that a good thing? Um, 
We've got um, repurposing content. So um, I think this is something Phil's tried to do. It's you do you do your video. You've, you've sort of thought about what you're going to talk about there. What are your suggestions and how? What do you, what do you think are the most effective ways is to go? Okay, well I've thought of this content. I've delivered it over video. Mm-hmm. Do you suggest then doing a, a brief blog off the back of it? Is there? How would you suggest that be used? Sure. So so when it comes to repurposing content, as I was mentioning before. Uh, you start with your research, you start with writing a piece of content that answers the question, then you take the three or four key messages, then you create some graphics and images around that, then you can produce a, co- a copy or uh, produce a video or audio around that. So technically speaking, one, um, actually no, the easiest way to answer that, look at every single product or service you have, okay? Uh, let's say one of them is, I don't know, give me a topic, guys, I can't think right now. Um, tax Cash flow management. Cash flow management. Okay. Well, you ask yourself the question, cash flow management, what are the top 10 questions I get, around, I get asked about cash flow management around the barbecue or around with the clients or in the streets in general? If I write down the top 10 questions I get asked, that is a great starting point because that's what people want to hear. Then I'm going to answer those questions in a blog, in a video, in a podcast, and in an uh, image or, uh, or could be a, like a, uh, basically, a, a flowchart was it called the uh, infograph. You know, it's the same question, but you're just answering it through different uh, types of communication, different types of media. Okay, and then you can share that out across different platforms. Now, that is one way of repurposing it. Another way of repurposing it is if your question is still valid in three or six months from now, and you've already shared it on Facebook and social media, it's buried deep in the actual history of where it was shared. Bring it back up, reschedule the content, especially if it was something that was engaging. Now. One thing you guys may have noticed, Facebook has an algorithm that tells you a story of what happened four years ago, brings it back and uh, something in the past says, hey, you know, there is, this is what happened four years ago. Do you want to share it again? And the mm-hmm. reason why they do that is because they knew that was a key point or was an important point or it was something interesting in your life and it was engaging. People liked it, but it's still relevant. And then you share it again, it actually gets more engagement. It's the same thing with your business content. If you created something in the past that was engaging, then you can share it again. But when it comes to content, and I cannot emphasize this enough, far too often I see people asking for um, buy this, download this, subscribe, and do this. Too many call to action. There's a very basic rule I like people to follow, and that's 70-20-10. So 70% of all content you produce has to be for the purpose of educating your customers and your audience that is in-house produced, that is you are the user who's actually going to produce it or your staff or your organization. 20% of what you share on social media has to be industry-related content that you agree with and you believe or you challenge, okay, to show a level of engagement that you're not, it's not just about you and what you're doing. 10% of the content that you produce, okay, could be shared across both the other two categories. That is where you ask people to actually download to buy to subscribe or do something else whereas if every piece of content you're asking the same uh, question you're asking the same point you're asking the same call to action you're going to get users that's not going to be engaging engage in your conversation you want to tell a story you want to make it relevant you want to make it like informative and you want to make it sort of that they feel like they want to share it and they don't feel like they have to buy something from you in order for them to be actual to actually share it or click on it make them Mm -hmm. feel comfortable and relevant to them Okay, once you've added so much value, then you can say, do you want to download my book or do you want to buy this or do you want to come to a webinar? You know? So 
70-20-10 is what I suggest everybody should do when it comes to content. Yeah, okay. so Harley, I've got a, um, one of my questions is how often should we be creating content? Once a month, once a year? Okay. Every I, sure, every, when it comes to content, I have a content calendar. Every business needs to have a content calendar. Your content calendar needs to define your daily activities, your weekly, your monthly, your quarterly, and your annually. Okay, your daily activities could be um, your tweets, your social media posts, your images, stuff that you send out. Your weekly could be a blog post that you publish a blog post. Off the back of the blog post, you create all your daily activities, all your daily social media posts. And as well as looking at what other people in the industry are talking about, the 20%, and using that part of your daily. So they looking at, week, uh, looking at your blogs, looking at industry-related content, creating your daily activities. So your monthly could be production of a video, okay, doing a video. Your quarterly could be white paper. An annual could be an event where you're hosting an event. Your quarterly could also be a, a webinar or monthly could be a webinar and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So just remember, daily is a small snippet of information that is about what you produce as a blog. Your um, monthly could be a video or could be a webinar or could be something else. Your quarterly could be a white paper or research or a study um, you know, or, or an event. And then your annually could be a Christmas party where you invite your customers along and you document all of that and you ask for testimonials, you ask for business reviews and all sorts of stuff. You, know, you can share all of that. So you plan all of that. You can plan all of that ahead of time and you can schedule all of that content. Like I know it sounds like a lot, but if you actually sit there, you can actually schedule your three-month content in advance and know who is doing what when and what content is going to be produced. And you put, pretty much put all of that into Hootsuite um, or a buffer app and you can actually schedule it out and you don't have to do much work once you've set it up. Beautiful, Adi. The, the audience has decided to give us a few questions and um, we're going to have to make it snappy because we don't want to um, take too much of everyone's time even though we, there's some great takeouts that are coming through. Um, Ronald's question, I actually might throw to Phil because Phil has a great, like Phil's put over, are you, are you up to 100 yet? In terms of videos? 98 videos. I can let this Now, Ronald wants to know what's, what's been the most, um, I guess, effective. Like, um, what's worked? Yeah, okay. So, for me, um, not like insurance is boring. No one likes it. Um, but, but telling stories is the most effective, but it's the hardest to do, I find. Um, so, if you're going to talk about insurance, just tell a story about how insurance has impacted someone, whether once they got cover, the clients went, oh, I just feel a relief that I know my family's getting covered and I'm sure we've all kind of had that conversation with clients. Um, so telling that story. Um, but uh, for me, technical stuff, I still do a lot of technical kind of, hey, think about these five things or whatever. Um, but because it's, it's easy to produce that content and telling stories is, is for me a lot harder. Um, so... Um, yeah, storytelling, talking about myself and, you know, and how I relate to finance and, and what, and things I've done talking about my little girls, people love that. People go crazy for that stuff. Um, so <laughs> especially when I put a picture of them on there, uh, or get them on the video. Um, so that, I, I think puppy problem. dogs work well as, as well, Phil. Uh, Say that again. Puppy dogs work well. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. You know, <laughs> how do you, do you have anything to add to that what, what have you sort of seen what's your experience yeah it's uh, like for me it's about storytelling and i've actually wrote an article uh, not long ago about telling stories like we are we are our human nature is to tell stories 
we used to sit in caves and around the campfire, tell how we got chased by a grizzly to get the meat and what happened. And then, in order not to forget that story, we handprint everything on the wall cave, the, you know, on the caves on the walls, and it stays there. And we still tell stories about the stories that were told. So if you can tell that story, personalize it, give it a name, give it a personality. Um, people can relate to it, can picture it. But if you just start with numbers and policies and legal documents and stuff, like, you lost them. They're gone. Okay. As soon as you tell a story, it's human. As soon as you make it a, a policy and documents, it's something too complicated, too hard basket. I don't want to know about it. Okay. Yeah. So actually, uh, Despina has actually got a question about that. Uh, we will jump one question. She says um, she, she finds it hard to find um, compliant posts you know we're highly regulated industry um so how do we go about um having content that's compliant uh while also not being boring and, and you know legalistic okay so if i look at some of the larger firms that i work with they actually run their content through legal every business needs to have a content style guide where it, it tells you the tone it tells you language it tells you what you can or cannot say have those rules in place have a style guide in place that then at least it's, it's very easy to get lost in what you cannot do. Okay. So don't focus on what you cannot do. Try and have a list of what is possible. Then your creativity will start for, uh, flowing from that. If you focus on, you can't say that you can't do that. You can't do that. There's infinite amount of things you can't do from a compliance perspective. So if you identify in your content, um, what you call style guide. And if you're in your plan, to say these are the key messages, this is how we can approach it. Create stories to say things that we can talk about are this, the amount of information we can give out this. We, we can actually give advice through online that is not going to be around these key areas. Then at least you have some information that you can run, um, go with. And every product or every service you look at, there is a lot in there that you could actually tell people about, okay? So just identify what is possible first. Don't look up. You can't, you can't. Okay. Once you do that, you're overwhelmed. You will not. Well, I'm with, I'm with what Shane's put up there. Um, just ask for forgiveness later to spend it, get into it. Um, yep. Don't take, take away the barriers to entry and just start doing it. And yeah, if someone says there's an issue, work it out after and, and just go check out what Phil's done. Phil's got shitloads of videos there. Um, they've all been screened through his, um, his compliance. Um, Obviously, different licensees are different in terms of what they, um, some are a bit more strict, but just get into it. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> just the, don't give advice. That's like, it's, it's pretty simple. We know, we know what advice is. We know what advice is. Don't say, go do this, because that can be seen as advice. Other than that, it's pretty simple. Last question. Yeah, we are going to have to finish up. And um, so last question, I, Hardy, I'm going to ask you to be super quick, even though this is a can of worms. Uh, Mark has asked, uh, how do you start from a zero base and, you know, promote that content to relevant customers who may, or relevant people who may be customers? Okay. It goes back to my earlier point about answering the crowd, answering the people, understanding what their pain points are. Okay. So if you're starting from scratch, understand what are they annoyed by and try and give them ideas or suggestions uh, or the whole idea around content is to establish an authority and establish trust and build that connection with the, with the other person on the other side. Once they, once they feel like they can trust you and they like you and they want to, then they want to buy from you. How you do that is by giving them lots of value. Okay. If you're starting, address the problems, give them value, give them direction. They will come back to you. 
Don't be afraid to say, well, why would I give you some information that you could then go somewhere else? Do it. The reason why you do it, because he's not the only person who will see it. There are 10,000 other people who will see it. Out of the 10,000, 50 of them will ask you a question and five of them will convert to a customer. Okay? If you look at it from that perspective, you'll be fine. Don't hold back. Just add as much value as you can to your clients or potential clients or the public. Absolutely. And the other thing I'd say um, for Mark is just uh, like all the content that Phil's put out, he's got all the analytics of um, what like the engagement, the people that have engaged with it. Um, make sure I'll just drop in a, I think I've got, oh shit, that's not the link. Um, Facebook pixel. Um, I'd suggest you get that on your website because that'll be able to start giving the profile of who, um, who's coming to your website. I'll put a little guide up on the, in there now. But um, we've come to the end. Uh, Hardy, that's been amazing. Um, Bill, as, as well from you, I felt like we were interviewing you for a little bit there, but you've got plenty to add. Um, really appreciate it, Hardy. We're going to be, Hardy's got a few things to share with the group. Um, if you want to see it, it, you've got to be in the Facebook group. Um, we'll be posting it up there. So if you haven't jumped in there, um, just become a member through the website. Um, it's all free and, and we'll get you, get you into the group. And a uh, big thank you to AIA for helping us have this on and uh, looking forward to catching up with everyone next week in the next few weeks in the next XY Lives. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you, Phil. Thanks, everyone, Thanks, for Marty. being here today. I appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you've got any questions, you can find me on social media. I'm on Facebook. And, um, yes, I'll have the content um, shared with you guys as well on the actual slides. Um, I'll add some more information based on the conversations from today. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. I'm more than happy to help. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Peace out, everyone. Bye.